staring death in the face. They have little to eat, hardly any access to medical care, nowhere to sleep, nowhere safe to go. Close quote. Meanwhile, a spokesperson for the United Nations told the BBC's NewsHour the UN had not received any Rafa evacuation plans from Israel and would not participate in any forced evacuation. For WPFW News in Washington and WBAI in New York, I'm Sue Goodwin. Good afternoon, this is the Shai Rana Show with your host Zain Al-Amin. This is a show that focuses on Arab culture and politics, and it airs every Wednesday for one hour at WPFWFM.org and WBAIFM. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Zain Al-Amin with the Shai Rana Show. And uh, um, as you know, this is a show that uh, talks about the Arab world and uh, uh, in terms of culture, in terms of politics, um, in terms of society. And of course, uh, it's completely tied with our domestic politics and uh, 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 more than ever right now. Um, and I wanted to talk to address one issue today that is uh, really at the heart of uh, this issue when we talk about domestic politics tying with international affairs, it's the fact that we have uh, uh, labor, uh, uh, American labor, U.S. labor basically getting involved right now um, with, uh, with the anti-war movement for the first time uh, that in memory, really. Um, and uh, we're going to talk later. Well, I'll also share the uh, 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 lengthy uh, uh, interview uh, uh, with labor activists uh, from the UAW about the fact that the head of the UAW had actually called for a ceasefire. And he, he's been pretty amazing in his statement, but at the same time ended up also endorsing Biden for um of uh, endorsing Biden for the upcoming election and the contradictions in that. Um, uh, but before we do that, I just wanted to uh, remind everybody that we're in uh, pledge drive time and that this sort of news, this sort of angle, uh, you're not going to get, first of all, because there is deliberate censorship that's increasing right now. It's then that, that censorship is increasing on uh, many fronts uh, uh, in terms of like social media, there's increasing censorship. Of course, forget about um, mass media reporting on this. And uh, there's an article in the Guardian recently, and the Guardian itself is 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 guilty of this too, uh, to some extent. But there's an article that exposes CNN uh, for its bias, uh, which uh, uh, this big story, this big expose. Uh, which was ironclad, was not really shared by any uh, uh, members of the mass media, even its competition, uh, basically. And it shows you that uh, these networks might, you know, compete with each other, uh, but they're all on the same wavelength when they, uh, when it comes to uh, the empire uh, and when it comes to the capitalists that run this country. Um Having said that, you're not going to hear about uh, what labor is doing, uh, you know, unless the head of the UAW does like a rally in front of the um, the Capitol building, <laughs> as he recently did uh, with the uh, uh, with several uh, progressive politicians um, uh, like Rashida Tlaib. Uh, you, you'll you'll hear that, but you're not going to hear about, you know, what the statements that they made are, which are pretty radical and our shift in terms of our labor movement, which, uh, you know, uh, the AFL-CIO used to be referred to as the AFL-CIA back in the day because of its reactionary uh, uh, machinations around, you know, 
uh, uh, politics in Latin America and in the Middle East and in an African continent and so on and so forth. Um, having said that, um, I wanted to let you know that uh, you can uh, sustain this program, you, uh, which is run by a volunteer like me, and uh, um, uh, by a don making a donation today uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, uh, that that donation can be made through uh, uh, by calling 800-222-9739 or 202-588-9739 or uh, you can go online and go to wpfwfm.org and go to the donate button and scroll down to the Shai Wanana show and uh, make a donation there another simple way to donate is just grab your phone go to your cash app and uh, make a donation to dollar sign wpfw that is dollar sign wpfw um, and uh, this is the only way to sustain this kind of programming that as i mentioned in my last show uh, this programming is going to become more and more important. Um, and it's because it's one of the few places uh, and one of few venues that is inoculated from censorship. The reason why we are inoculated from censorship is because of listeners like you. So we only depend on your donations. We don't depend on the military industrial complex or the prison industrial complex or corporate America for this. We depend on you to sustain us and to keep us uh, free of censorship. Uh, uh, and that's that's on us. We will always make sure that we're free of censorship. We abide by uh, uh, FAA rules, but uh, uh, beyond that, we abide by uh, the, the Constitution and by free speech. And uh, the more censorship that's going to happen um, everywhere else, the more uh, precious uh, shows like this and the stations like this uh, uh, become uh, valuable. Um, so one more time, I'll run this and, and then we'll go through to our uh, the interview about uh, uh, labor and the anti-war movement and specifically how labor is responding to the uh, ongoing genocide in Gaza. Um, uh, again, the numbers are 800-222-9739, or you can call 202-588-9739, or you can go online to wpfwfm.org, and go to the donate button and scroll down to Shayanana show and make a donation there. And lastly, one easy way to make a donation to the show and to the station is to go to Cash App and uh, uh, make a donation on dollar sign WPFW. Having said that, and before we go to the segment, just a few things. To realize what's happening with labor it's pretty significant with american labor the shift that's happening the radicalization that's happening the the uprising that's happening in the global south and uh among grassroots at the grassroots level in the united states is being reflected in labor movement uh, labor movement in the united states among these there's been 217 uh labor organizations that have called for a ceasefire. 162 of those have endorsed the public statement initiated by uh, the United Electrical Workers and UFCW Local 3000. Uh, uh, also, uh, unions representing six in 10 union members have called for a ceasefire in Gaza. Uh, the, the UAW uh, took a, a great stance that needs to be addressed, and we will be addressing it now. And they also called for a ceasefire uh, in a big press conference with Rashida Tlaib, uh, at uh, on Capitol Hill. 
uh, 1199E, SEIU, uh, uh, local 1199E, which is, uh, represents the uh, biggest uh, uh, number of, um, largest number of uh, healthcare workers has, uh, has also endorsed that. Um, and um, the, uh, 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 so, so we have really uh, the labor movement moving on this. And what we're gonna listen to now is basically a segment, an interview about why uh, when we're moving that way, why is it that there is uh, also an endorsement of Biden? And, you know, because the labor movement is caught in a rut uh, between uh, 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 a rock and a hard place in here, uh, between two, <laughs> one, uh, one that, uh, that can be called a fascist and another that who is a genocide dares, um, uh, a genocide dare that's uh, committing uh, one of the greatest humanitarian crimes of our century. Uh, so uh, let's have a listen to the nuance about what's happening with the labor movement in the United States. And Hi, I'm Talia Baroncelli, and you're tuned into the analysis.news. I'll shortly be joined by Frank Hammer to discuss the UAW's and Sean Fain's call for a ceasefire in Gaza, as well as Sean Fain's subsequent endorsement of President Biden. If you'd like to support the work that we do and give us a boost, you can do so by going to our website, theanalysis.news, and hitting the donate button at the top right corner of the screen. Make sure you get onto our mailing list and like and subscribe to the show wherever you watch us, be it on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube. See you in a bit with Frank Hammer. Joining me now is Frank Hammer, he is the former president and chairman of the United Auto Workers Local 909, which is located at the GM transmission plant in Detroit. He used to be a former GM employee and worked for GM for 32 years. Frank, it's great to have you back. Great to be with you again. Thank you. So Sean Fain, who is the president of the UAW, has called for a ceasefire in Gaza, and he recently endorsed President Biden. And there are some groups within the UAW, such as Labor for Palestine, who are um, opposed to this endorsement as they see this as a contradiction of the UAW's values and the UAW's declared support for Palestine and for Palestinians. So would you characterize Sean Fain's endorsement of Biden as a sort of respectability politics that's perhaps misplaced? And would you call on him to rescind this endorsement? So... Why don't we start out with a non-controversial subject? <laughs> um, so, um, yes, uh, I think, uh, first of all, um, it was historic that uh, Sean Fain, on behalf of the International Executive Board in the UAW, came out with a declaration uh, back in December uh, calling on a ceasefire, and the resolution that was uh, with the, that the UAW endorsed was a resolution that had been originally circulated by the United Electrical Workers, and has been signed onto by numerous labor organizations. So it's a broadly supported resolution, and in that resolution, it calls for an immediate ceasefire, and it also calls for the end. Uh, to the siege on Gaza. So it was, uh, it was uh, a bold statement, and uh, I want to add that uh, historically the UAW uh, has supported uh, Zionist Israel. So to venture into this territory and make that statement, and he's done it repeatedly, uh, is uh, really a departure uh, from what the UAW on their prior administrations may have done. So this was uh, part and parcel of the UAW rank and file electing a new president directly um, by membership votes. So so, um, so then we go to the declaration of the endorsement for Biden took place at the UAW's biannual 
political action uh, conference. And you could say it came as a surprise and then it didn't come as a surprise at all. Um, there were no, there was no qualification of Biden uh, agreeing to a ceasefire. So that was uh, greatly disappointing, uh, especially to the UAW Labor for Palestine um, rank and file effort, which has been really pressing, especially in the East Coast, for the UAW, not only to declare the ceasefire, but to carry through with that uh, resolution uh, in the ways that the UAW can do, uh, which include, you know, the UAW represents um, defense workers in military, uh, the military industrial complex. So the UAW Labor for Palestine, you know, feels that the UAW can play uh, an outsized role in preventing weapon, weapons and, and, and armaments uh, being sent to Israel made with UAW hands. So, but we have to look uh, at a larger picture uh, and it's very painful for me uh, to venture into this territory, but it's going to be painful for all of us because right now, you know, the slogan that uh, has been um, projected not only by uh, rank-and-file activists looking for the ceasefire, but also in the Arabic community here uh, in the outskirts of Detroit, for example, in Dearborn, is we have basically uh, the slogan of Genocide Joe. And this is uh, most unfortunate. Um, but we're also dealing with the reality that we have an election in November and wish as we might that there would be a third uh, party alternative. Uh, for instance, a Labour Party. Uh, or some sort of grassroots political party. We don't have that. We don't have that in November. We are faced with a stark choice of um, uh, a Trump who has already openly declared that he intends to be a, 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 empower himself in a dictatorship. And we have uh, a Biden who is wedded to uh, the genocide and the destruction that's going on in Israel. And these are very difficult uh, circumstances that we face. But it's clear that the, the UAW and uh, the labor movement is going to want to endorse um, Biden, even with the difficulty of seeing daily images of the U.S. Uh, in arm in arm with uh, Netanyahu uh, perpetrating all this uh, destruction and death in uh, Palestine. So I think that uh, supporting him does not mean that we cease in pressing Democrats, not only at the president's level, the resolution also calls for pressing members of Congress. And I think that the UAW can do a lot uh, to support uh, the likes of Rashid, Rashida Tlaib, Tlaib, sorry, um, uh, and her call for the ceasefire in the U.S. House and pressing de other Democrats who are not coming out and on behalf of the ceasefire and, and pressing on to do so. So I think that we're in, in a position of supporting Biden, but that does not in any way stop us from uh, mounting a full-scale labor-led movement uh, to reverse directions and to do it not down the road but soon, sooner rather than later, to, to stop all the destruction and the deaths. I think we're, the media is reporting that we've now, we have 30,000 Palestinians who have lost their lives. Uh, and, um, you know, what is enough is enough. It's, so it needs to be done, and the UAW needs to continue to speak up in spite of the fact that there are other reasons why the UAW would support Biden. But I will ask you again, though, because I don't fully understand what the purpose is in endorsing Biden. Is it because after the strike? Yeah, I mean, he, he did actually visit the picket line, whereas Trump didn't do so. So is it a sort of thank you for supporting us in our historic strike? Is that why 
Sean Fain endorsed President Biden or are there other sort of strategic reasons to do so? Because personally, as an outsider, I don't see this endorsement as being in line with the call for a ceasefire and for an immediate ceasefire. I just see those two things as being at odds with one another. So I don't fully understand the logic behind the endorsement. So I should add that uh, the UAW Labor for Palestine uh, certainly uh, have, has expressed the view that uh, why, why endorse President Biden now in February, um, why not hold out and say, as a condition of our endorsement, you're going to have to uh, compel uh, a ceasefire in Palestine. Um, and that's a reasonable position to hold. Uh, in answer to your question, um, I, I do believe that in the UAW negotiations, and this is speculation on my part, I don't have insider information, that there certainly was a deal that was struck uh, between the UAW and the Biden administration uh, that probably uh, enabled the UAW, for example, I'll give you an example, um, of uh, rescuing uh, the Stellantis plant in Belvedere, Illinois, which had been idled and was, you know, doomed to be uh, closed. And it seems that the Biden administration had a hand in assisting the UAW in convincing it, uh, or negotiating with Salatis to not only keep that plant open, but to also add another plant nearby, a battery plant. So uh, I, I think that uh, I know that the UAW and Sean Fain early on held out for some kind of federal intervention on behalf of the UAW and behalf of the union when the federal government gave all these subsidies to the uh, auto companies uh, for GM Salatis in converting to uh, battery production and electric power vehicles. Uh, and that may have been also in the mix, although I didn't detect that in the messaging that came out of the strike. So, you know, real world, real politics, real uh, reality, uh, it's very possible that the federal government and that Biden specifically uh, carried the day for the UAW in these regards and in exchange that the UAW uh, would agree to uh, support Biden. I'm speculating, but I think that in real world, I think that's the kind of thing that happen, happens. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the most troubling piece of it, of course, is that it really feels like a reversal uh, for the Palestinians and certainly for the Arabic community here in, 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 in Detroit um, because it was such a, a switch around. You don't, I mean, uh, President Fain was here at the Martin Luther King event in Detroit and reiterated his call for a ceasefire and it was only like literally a week later that uh, at the CAP conference that uh, no mention was made at all of the uh, ceasefire resolution when Biden within Biden's presence. So I think it left a lot of, uh, a lot of anxiety. Uh, I certainly feel anxious about it myself. Uh, and there's a lot of UAW members that feel anxious, never mind the broader community. So um, that being said, um, I think that it behooves now the UAW uh, rank and file and the labor movement as a whole, regardless of the uh, endorsement, to press on with a mass movement to reverse directions uh, in Israel. Yeah, I think when the endorsement was announced, um, there were a few UAW Labor for Palestine members who were in Washington and they disrupted uh, one of Biden's speeches. And it, I mean, they were taken away by Secret Service members and it was, I'm assuming it was pretty violent. I haven't actually seen footage of it. Um, but I was then surprised to see that when Biden recently visited Michigan and visited a UAW meeting there with Sean Fain, there was no mention of a ceasefire, as you just pointed out. And I don't, I didn't even see um, protesters there or, or UAW uh, Labor for Palestine members there. So maybe they weren't even allowed into the event. Into the event, I'm not quite sure. Yes, 
uh, I could speak to that. So uh, I wasn't in town, unfortunately, but uh, from all the reports that I uh, received, um, there was a, a Biden was scheduled to uh, be in Michigan. The location was not disclosed. It was kept secret. Uh, it turns out that it was held at uh, my region, Region 1 in Warren, Michigan, in Macomb County. And, uh, but uh, there were uh, many protesters uh, outside the uh, complex where Biden uh, spoke uh, with, you know, and glad handed with uh, UAW staffers and some UAW members that were there to make calls for Biden. Uh, but there was uh, no indication, no connection. Um, so as you're listening uh, to this program uh, of the Shayonana show, um, we're listening to something that you will not going to hear um, anywhere else. Um, this is specifically about the role of uh, U.S. labor uh, in terms of resisting this genocide that's ongoing. And that's a new thing for U.S. labor. And uh, the stance that the UAW and its president took are uh, it's pretty amazing and historic, um, but it needs to go a little further. Unfortunately, rank and file are on the move to to make that happen, um, uh, and uh, the role is going to become more important, especially with uh, in confronting the military-industrial complex that's been sapping our resources at home. And uh, confronting those shipments, for example, uh, shipments are going to be coming into Baltimore and and uh, on the West Coast in the Bay Area that has to be confronted because those are shipments of weapons that are going to be used for the genocide, uh, which the United States is first and most implicated on and uh, implicated in rather. And you know, we heard the Freudian slip by Biden earlier this week where he said uh, our our operation in Rafa, which, by the way, he he he, he uh, everything he does is performative and hypocritical. Uh, but this was one of his most uh, performative statements, where he said that he's going to protect. Uh, that he wants, he has asked Netanyahu to protect civilians um, uh, in the upcoming ground invasion on Rafa, where. Oh, oh, a million and a half are uh, uh, are crammed right now in the southern tip of Gaza, um, along with uh, close to eight hundred thousand uh, children there, or six hundred thousand children there, and they're about to bomb them and then subject them to ground invasion. Uh, and then after he he said that uh, he has asked him asked Netanyahu to be uh, to do. Uh, 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 perform basically a kinder, gentler genocide. He actually said that there will be no consequences <laughs> if uh, uh, if Netanyahu oversteps uh, those limitations. Uh, so there's no red lines really. Um, so uh, we're living in bizarre times, and and the necessity for uh, uh, a voice free of censorship. A radio station free of censorship, uh, um, a program like this that's addressing the most critical area uh, in the world right now, uh, because Palestine has become not just uh, a, an issue for the Arab world, but rather a litmus test for global justice. And that's been reflected in the ICJ, in the International Court of Justice. Um, uh, stance that that uh, that South Africa has taken recently. If you want to keep this voice alive, uh, if you want to keep hearing these news and these updates, if you want to know what is happening in town in terms of actions and demonstrations and what you can do at the grassroots level, this is the station for you, and this is where you need to uh, donate here is uh, by calling 800-222-9739. You can also call 202-588-9739. Um, another way you can make a donation is on wpfwfm.org, and you can go to the Donate button, scroll down to the Shayonana Show, and make a donation there. Um, 
And lastly, an easy way to make a donation is just to grab your phone, go to the, your cash app and make a donation to dollar sign WPFW. No donation is too small, as we always say, and no donation is too large. Um, so I hope you make that donation. Keep us alive in the age of censorship and hege American hegemony and uh, Zionist uh, brutality. Um, we, uh, whatever happens to the Palestinian people uh, opens the door to happen for uh, people of the global south and to, to uh, people in the United States, the, the people of the United States, the people of Europe, uh, 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 the governments will be uh, will have carte blanche to do whatever they want. That's why, you know, when I say that the the issue uh, of Palestine and Gaza has become a litmus test for global justice, people know this. Uh, people know that this is this has to stop. People know that nobody should get away with this, and that's why we have workers and unions and teachers and um, health workers uh, and mass uh, mobilization on the ground. Even today, uh, even after uh, friends of mine have been arrested with the last arrest on the Bay Area, uh, when they blocked a bridge and, and threatened with a prison time, uh, people just came out this morning at the Bay Bridge and blocked it again. Uh, at Biden's house, by the way, at Biden, uh, sorry, at Blinken's house, uh, I always mix up my butchers. Uh, at at Blinken's house, uh, uh, we have uh, uh, there's been a group of people there that have been there for twenty days now, uh, that are camped out right in front of his house, uh, dumping uh, 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 fake blood all across the street. His street is running like a waterfall with with fake blood and confronting him every time he goes out. He had to leave with his family, basically, but uh, uh, they're still camped out there. In fact, if you Google uh, 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 blink, uh, kibbutz Blinken, uh, because some uh, brilliant activist has changed the name of the location, you will locate the Blinken's house. Uh, we're not resting. We're not letting those murderers rest. And they're not going to get away with it. Um, there is going to be uh, trials by the people uh, in the coming days, and especially after the dust settles on the rubble of Gaza. So again, I'll give the numbers one more time. You're not going to hear this kind of news anywhere else. So please sustain us. Please keep us going. Please fund us. You can do that by calling 800 222 9739 or by calling 202 588 or you can go online at wpfwfm.org and go to the donate button and scroll down to the Shayonana show and make a donation there and lastly you can uh, just go to your phone to your cash app and make a donation at dollar sign WPFW. Um, so I hope you'll make that donation. We have modest goals for this hour. And so no uh, donation is too small and no donation is too large. Uh, thank you. And we'll get back to our programming. Uh, and these were UAW Labor for Palestine. These were UAW members here in Detroit uh, and, uh, and supporters. Uh, who came out to uh, protest and demand the, the ceasefire and, of course, to denounce the uh, endorsement. So, um, and that, I believe that that's going to follow Biden in any, um, you know, industrial city where he's going to be and elsewhere, that um, he's not going to be able to shed uh, this, uh, this um, demand and that it needs to follow, continue to follow him and continue to impress upon him that he is, uh, basically risking an election. He's risking the November election, and especially in the state of Michigan, where he only won by 150,000 votes, you know, in, in 2020. They have an Arabic community that has initiated 
an abandoned Biden campaign. And I don't know whether the Democratic Party establishment understands that they're at the risk of losing the state of Michigan in November. And this is one of the key states that's going to decide the, the election in, in November. And uh, I think that for strategic reasons, uh, for the election purposes, that Biden has to uh, turn this around, never mind the moral arguments and, uh, and, you know, and the alleged allegiance that he has to the working class. If he has any allegiance to the working class, he would be moving really quick to, uh, to uh, uh, demand the ceasefire and to cease uh, equipping uh, Israel and supplying more money, as, as has been scheduled currently in the, in, the, in, the, in the Senate, where they want to send another $14 billion to Israel to continue to perpetrate its genocide. Well, you just added some really important context because some of our viewers and listeners will know that in Michigan, there are lots of Muslim and Arab Americans. And recently in Dearborn, the mayor of Dearborn refused to meet with Biden campaign officials. I mean, he did say that he would meet with um, officials from the Biden administration, but not with people in the campaign because he wanted to impress upon them the idea that this ceasefire is so crucial and that there has to be some sort of give or take here or, or listening at least to Arab Americans and to Muslims. And that's not happening at the moment. So because Michigan is so crucial to Biden winning the elections, you do wonder what's going on. Is he just completely tone deaf or does he not even want to win the elections? Like, does he just not care about actually winning? And it's it's just remarkable to see what's going on. And then, of course, you have this horrible Wall Street Journal op-ed that was recently published calling Dearborn um, some sort of you know, jihadi capital or, or just some nonsense because there are people with conscience who are actually calling for a ceasefire. I mean, they're not terrorists. They're average people who are just calling for a ceasefire. So I think this is the, the really important context. And, and given all that, given what's going on in the background, I wonder whether that's sown divisions or perceived divisions within the UAW, or if you think that most members are actually on the side of perhaps even calling for Sean Fain to rescind the endorsement. So, um, well, a couple of things on that note. And, and, and let me just say, I mean, within the ranks of UAW Labor for Palestine, within the Arabic community and Dearborn, uh, Muslim community. I mean, you know, this isn't, um, this is so personal. People are losing family members in Gaza, in the West Bank. Um, um, I mean, it's the, it's, I mean, it's, it, I don't, it, it, it couldn't be any closer to one's heart to uh, to uh, see uh, how they would see what Biden and has done as a betrayal. Uh, the Arabic community, uh, 70% of the Arabic Muslim communities in, 19, in 2020 voted for Biden. And you can imagine that they're going to be very, uh, not just reluctant, they're, they're, they're not going to be, they're not going to have the stomach to vote for Biden in 2024 unless this is reversed. And even then. Well, I, I was wondering, I mean, are there additional tensions or within the UAW as a result of Biden's policy and Sean Fain's endorsement of Biden? So uh, I think that um, that uh, broad swaths of the UAW members um, are not uh, familiar enough with uh, the dynamics of the history of the creation of the state of Israel. So there, that, that, that history uh, is something that uh, generally workers have not been familiar with. And the UAW is unfortunately in the past administrations uh, has been uh, uh, close supporters of the Zionist state of Israel. And therefore uh, the UAW has never uh, bothered to educate its own rank and file. About and if, they, and if they were to do so, it was on the side of Zionism. So we, we've, we in the ranks of the UAW have a lot of catching up to do. Uh, we're beginning uh, the, the reform caucus within the UAW, UAWD, United All Workers for Democracy, held its first uh, kind of like teaching, Palestine 101. 
And we had UAW members and auto workers in on the uh, educational uh, that we pr provided. And people were really uh, clear learning things that they have never known about Israel because uh, also because of the corporate media and the incessant uh, pro-Zionist messaging that we get through corporate media. So um, I think we, the, it's incumbent upon the UAW to do a lot of education of the rank and file. I think the rank and file, um, you know, and they get treated uh, daily, you know, to Hamas as terrorist organization, terrorist organization. And, you know, you react to, well, that's a terrorist organization without understanding the context or even whether that's an appropriate label uh, to, to what's happened. So uh, the elements in the UAW that have a much more ready understanding are, of course, the UAW members that are in the academic institutions, as many are, or in, for example, in the legal profession uh, in, the, uh, um, uh, in New York, um, they're part of the uh, you know, Legal Aid Society. And, you know, they've had much more contact with the information about Israel and Palestine, and they're much more readily under, you know, are understanding that the UAW must take the side of Palestine and demand an end to the genocide. So um, I, 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 that's the way I, I would describe it. I don't think that there's a groundswell on the UAW right now in support of the position taken by Sean Fain. And I think that the leadership should do everything in its power to create that groundswell to show that UAW members, once they have the facts, something that Sean Fain has really emphasized, that I don't think I have any question that UAW members uh, would be part of that groundswell in support of the ceasefire. Well, you recently attended the Martin Luther King Day event in Detroit, which was um, a few weeks ago. And... You awarded Sean Fain um, the Spirit of Flint Award, and I was wondering if you could speak about the significance of that award, what it represents, and what you thought of the event in general. Right. Thank you. Um, yeah, and by the way, I mean, that was that was a week before <laughs> Sean Fain endorsed Biden. Um, so... Um, but there, there were reasons, there are very important reasons. First... Uh, as the Martin Luther King Day event is now entered, it was in its 21st year when uh, a couple of weeks ago when um, Sean Fain accepted the invitation to speak at the event. Uh, first time. No other UAW president in the last 20 years has ever uh, volunteered to speak uh, at an event honoring Martin Luther King and honoring uh, Martin Luther King in all of his manifestations, including in his opposition to the Vietnam War, including in his role in support of the labor movement and support of the Memphis sanitation workers, et cetera. So here's Sean Fain. Uh, he brought other members of his leadership team with him uh, and gave a very uh, eloquent speech, uh, combining and putting together uh, the labor movement and the black liberation struggle and identifying uh, Martin Luther King as such a key uh, party uh, in both uh, movements and bringing those movements together. And even during the Martin Luther King event, as I said, stated earlier, he reiterated uh, the call for a ceasefire. Um, so I think that um, uh, the move... The, Sorry, the, if I can just interject because I was listening to the speech and he not only called for a ceasefire, but he actually, the way he did it was very important because he was talking about Vietnam specifically and this, the speech that Martin Luther King gave, I think, a year and a day before he was assassinated and how he was talking about, you know, what, what sort of unites Americans and what affects American life is war abroad and how war abroad needs to be put to an end. And so he made that connection between Vietnam and Gaza. And so hearing that and then hearing that, you know, a week later, he would endorse Joe Biden is, is kind of what created some sort of tension or uh, at least caused cognitive dissonance for me. So, yes, and I think that um, if Biden, if uh, Sean Fay is going to be true to himself 
and true to the honor upon which he bestowed on Martin Luther King. Uh, he's really going to have to re-examine what he's doing in regards to the support of the ceasefire. And the reason I say that is because it was against all odds that King made the famous speech on April 4th in 1967 during the Johnson administration and in spite of Johnson's role in supporting, supporting Martin Luther King, uh, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King in the quest for the Civil Rights Act and so on, that even, and then people, his associates, his assistants, his advisors said, don't do it, don't do it. And King felt compelled in spite of the fact that he got support from Johnson and other matters to speak out about Vietnam. And he was denounced shortly after. He was denounced for the speech. And I think that Sean Fain and the UAW as a whole, the UAW leadership needs to look at that and say, if we're going to meet that standard that we're holding up high, then we have to be willing to, you know, oppose uh, Biden now. Um, that's a that's a good stopping point for the pledge drive uh, uh, to for me to pitch uh, based upon that because. Uh, what was just said is that the anti-war movement that uh, exists right now, the anti-genocide movement right now, um, it, it stands clearly, uh, you know, uh, is following the footsteps of Martin Luther King. And that's how um, uh, how labor at, at presently is seeing it uh, in terms of the leadership that is uh, conscious <laughs> uh, and so on. Um, and um, having said that, I, again, we're just taking a minute here for a pledge drive. And I want to remind everybody, as if you didn't know, that it is Valentine's Day. And I would love to get some love from you. Uh, by the way, in Gaza, even though this is a Western um, tradition, in Gaza, they actually, under normal times, if they weren't... Uh, massacring them at the, uh, with uh, U.S. weaponry at this time, um, uh, they would be actually uh, sharing uh, Valentine's uh, Day paraphernalia and stuff like that. They would actually, they have things in the stores and, and, and so on. So they do celebrate Valentine's Day there because it's become a global thing. So, uh, you know, I would urge you uh, to give us some love by making a donation uh, to this show and to the station and to sustain us so we can keep on providing uh, what you just heard, uh, this incredible insight into what's ha happening with labor and what should happen. Um, and to do that, to make that pledge, you have to go uh to to your phones and call 800 222 uh or you can call uh 202-588-9739 um and if you want to make a donation online because a lot of you listen online uh, uh you can make that donation by going to wpfwfm.org that's wpfwfm.org and go to the donate button and go scroll down to uh, the Shayunana show and make a donation there. And lastly, you can go to Cash App and make a donation at dollar sign WPFW. We, uh, the world is moving and uh, the the movement hasn't faltered at all. As I mentioned earlier, right now as we speak, Bay Area activists are blocking the Bay Bridge, even though the last time that happened, 78 people were arrested and an ambitious prosecutor uh, 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 threatened them with prison time, which... Uh, uh, they, they, uh, in answer, thousands of people showed up at city hall and, and at the courthouse to support those 78. And that's why they're back again, blocking that bridge and saying no business as usual. There will be blocking of ports. There will be blocking of roads. 
there will be actions wherever Biden goes uh, on his campaign trail. We will be there. There will be somebody that will interrupt him. There will be somebody that interrupts one of the biggest warmongers, uh, the mentee of Henry Kessinger, Hillary Clinton. She will be confronted at every stop as we've seen her confronted at the university where she teaches, where she can't even deliver a lecture now without uh, being disrupted. There isn't, life is not going to go on until life is sustained in Gaza. That's basically it. That is what's happening in the global south. This is what's happening at the grassroots level in America. As people realize, as Americans realize, if they didn't know this before, they realize it in a big way that we are not represented by our government, that it is the billionaires, that it's all around uh, uh, energy policies, and uh, that's that's what it's all about. It's all about the military-industrial complex that supports this this energy policy and the robbing of resources. Israel is nothing but an outpost, a colonial outpost for the United States, and that's why the United States is willing to massacre eleven thousand children uh, in order to keep that outpost. This is the barbarism that we live in. These are the kind of monsters that rule us now, and that time should end soon. So, uh, uh, I would like to thank uh, a couple of people here that have made a donation. First, I'd like to thank Linda. Uh, for making donation. Thank you so much, Linda. And I'd like to thank Anonymous also for making a donation. We have a few minutes left in our show, about 10 minutes, and I'm going to let you listen to the rest uh, the rest of the programming here. But uh, uh, please make a donation before the hour uh, for the show, if you want to make it for the show. Obviously, keep making the donations all day long for the station and sustain our free voice. Thank you. Clearly in the wrong and clearly against the interests of the world's people. It's clearly uh, on the short end of the uh, International Court of Justice and the South Africans bravely going to that court and, de and, and declaring that Israel uh, is reasonably suspected of committing genocide, that we need to be on the side of South Africa. We were on the side of South Africa during their struggle against apartheid. We need to be against uh, the Israeli uh, Zionists for their current apartheid against the Palestinians. Well, I do also want to ask you about Trump because, of course, Sean Fain was very vocal about Trump. I mean, he's come out against Trump and he's uh, supported Biden. So I think it's pretty obvious uh, or intuitive that he'd be speaking about Trump and how Trump doesn't have the interests of the workers at heart. And you wrote a piece in 2015 for the Real News Network, and you were talking about an interview that Trump gave, and I think he gave it to um, Chuck Todd at MSNBC. And he was saying that, you know, of course, I would bring manufacturing jobs back to the United States from abroad, and I would take them out west and ensure that people are paid a third of the wages, or at least much less than when people were earning before. So he was pretty much exposing his position as being in cahoots with or in alignment with the transnational capitalist class. Um, so I do wonder, I mean, Sean Fein is aware of how horrible Trump is on these policies, but do you think he analyzes these policies as being part of a larger trend of global capitalism and how these capitalists have it out for the average worker and it's not just Trump that has it out for them? So, um, yeah, when I, when, I, when I wrote that piece, and, and, it, and it's been interesting because um, uh, most recently, uh, Sean Fain has, in fact, referred to that interview that uh, Trump did back in 2015. And, uh, and he spelled it out uh, that uh, what Trump was uh, uh, promoting was that uh, the corporations uh, could show the unionized workforce in the Midwest a little a thing or two by extracting the work uh, from the Midwest. And he said, oh, you don't even have to go overseas. You can just take it to a non-union uh, uh, area of the U.S. And within a couple of years, you know, you could bring it back. And the, those workers that, uh, you know, the unionized workers in the Midwest 
would gladly accept uh, the jobs at a third of the wages, like you were saying. And what I was seeking to point out is that this wasn't particularly unique to, to Trump. He was, he was spilling the beans, so to speak, uh, about what, in fact, the capitalists have been doing in the last, uh, certainly the last four neoliberal uh, 40 years uh, uh, that we have been living through. Um, and Sean Fain has wanted to contrast that uh, with Biden. And I think that uh, Sean Fain uh, falls short because this has not only been a Trump phenomenon, this has been a capitalist phenomenon. And in fact, uh, the Biden and the, along with uh, Barack Obama, that, that administration. Um, so that was uh, a, a bit of an interview that uh, about what's happening with the union movement right now in, uh, in the United States in relation to Gaza. I hope that uh, in these last few minutes that you would support the show and call in to, to make a pledge at 202-588-9739. Um, um, uh, and make a donation to the Shayunana show. Thank you very much. WPFW in Washington and WBAI New York. I'm Chris Bangert Drowns with some brief news headlines. A former general linked to past human rights abuses claimed victory in Indonesia's presidential election today, calling his win, quote, the victory of all Indonesians. The victory declaration from Defense Minister Prabowo Subianto was based on an unofficial early vote count and the two other main candidates have not yet conceded defeat. Instead, the two contenders, both popular former provincial governors, alleged, quote, structural, systematic, and massive fraud. Prabowo was an army general under the Suharto dictatorship that ended about 25 years ago. Prabowo was sanctioned by the United States for decades over accusations of torture and disappearances, allegations he denies. The official election count may not be finished for another month or so, but the early unofficial tallies are often accurate. In domestic news, Democrat Tom Suozzi won a special election in New York to finish the term of Republican George Santos, who was expelled from Congress last year. Suozzi defeated county legislator Mazi Pillup in the race for the state's third congressional district. His victory narrows the already slim GOP majority in the House and could prove critical in upcoming legislative battles. During his victory speech, Suwatsi pointed to the divisions in the U.S. and said his campaign focused on targeting voters, lookers, lookers looking for bipartisan solutions. The special election was being watched for possible clues as to how suburban voters might behave in the upcoming November national election. House Republicans yesterday voted to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over what they say is his failure to enforce border policies. The measure passed by a single vote and came after a failed effort to do the same last week. Last night's tally was 214 to 213, with three Republicans siding with Democrats. The articles of impeachment will next be sent to the Democratic-led Senate for a possible trial. The majority there, however, could potentially vote to acquit Mayorkas or otherwise dismiss or delay the impeachment. Democrats and even some Republicans have blasted the impeachment as a political effort, not backed up by evidence. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer called the vote a new low for House Republicans and said, quote, The one and only reason for this impeachment is for Speaker Johnson to further appease Donald Trump, end quote. Mayorkas is the first cabinet secretary to be impeached in nearly 150 years. Drivers working for Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash went on strike today, Valentine's Day, to demand fair pay. The drivers, who are not covered by minimum wages and other legal protections, say the app companies they work for are taking unfair commissions on rides. The strike is expected to involve organizations representing tens of thousands of workers across at least 17 cities, including Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and Newark, New Jersey. 
It does not appear that drivers are striking in New York City. Rideshare workers in the UK are also planning a brief strike for this evening. Reuters cited a gig economy website that found that earnings for Uber drivers dropped more than 17% last year, while Lyft driver earnings fell 2.5%. In public statements, workers described working long days and still struggling to make ends meet. Weather in Washington, D.C. right now is 46 degrees and partly cloudy. In New York City, 35 degrees with